0: Pray with me, please. Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. I do not believe that one can settle how much we ought to give. C.S. Lewis writes, and as Jason just quoted, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule then is to give more than we can spare. Now this, of course, is what we see the widow do in today's gospel lesson. Give, that is, more than she can spare. As she puts her two small copper coins into the offering plate, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Truly this poor widow has given more than anyone else. Why does he say that? Because in the words of Lewis, she has given more than she can spare. Years after this encounter between Jesus and his disciples and the widow, Jesus' brother James, himself reflecting on the nature of giving, writes to the Christian church saying, and I quote, Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift comes from above. Every." generous act of giving with every gift comes from above. And with those words in mind, I'd like to tell you a story. There was a young woman at my first church who was active in our young adult group and who regularly came to the Bible studies that I would lead. I never did get to know her well, but I did spend enough time with her to know that her financial situation was precarious. A young lawyer, she was drowning in student loan debt and struggling to make her monthly mortgage payments. I distinctly remember her saying to me, you know, when I got into law school, I thought it meant I was supposed to be done worrying about money. But now that I'm a lawyer, I worry about money more than I ever did. The point here being this young woman lived month to month, with no financial margins to speak of, constantly worried about whether she would be able to make ends meet. So here now is why I tell you her story. I tell you her story so as to tell you this when April's brother Casey passed away from colon cancer in 2016, April's parents set up a trust fund for his children. Well, Once the trust was set up, a link was posted to social media so that those who knew Casey could, if they so wished, contribute to the fund. And of course, as the fund managers, April's parents were privy to the names of those who contributed to it. One afternoon, not long after Casey passed, April's mother called April and asked her, do you know someone named, and then proceeded to say the name of the young lawyer from our old church. April responded that yes, she did, and then asked why. To which her mother said, because she just gave a gift to Casey's trust yesterday of $250. Now it had been several years since we'd last seen this young woman, and she'd never known April's brother, Casey, And I meanwhile knew for a fact that her financial picture had not gotten any better. She didn't have $250 to give. She didn't have $50 to give. But thinking about April's family's pain, and thinking about those two children growing up without their father, she gave that which she could not spare. Yes, every generous act of giving with every perfect gift comes from above. For how else do you explain a gift like that? You know, in the early years of my ministry, I used to shy away from sermons about giving, from Bible studies about giving, from reminders about the importance of giving, I honestly don't know why. Youthful cynicism, perhaps. A desire not to be too pushy or invasive. desire not to offend. Suppose I just heard too many preachers over the years making so much hay about money that I somehow determined that I wasn't going to be one of those preachers. Well today I see it differently. And though you'll never see me making a whole bunch of hay about money, I'll never be one of those preachers, I am very quick now to talk about the importance of giving. For We see money is but one of countless things that we are called as persons of faith to give. Along with our finances we are called to give of our time and our talents, our care and our concern, our resources and our relationships, our energy and our attention. Yes, generosity, dear family, runs deep and wide. And we as Christians are called to be generous in spirit, just as certainly as we are called to be generous with our finances. Which leads me to another story. This past Wednesday, like a few days ago, I went home to pick up Ada and Juliana at 4.45 in the afternoon to bring them here to the church for Ada's 5 o'clock PM piano lesson with Betsy Matheny. Didn't know your name was going to be in the sermon, did you, Betsy? And usually on Wednesdays, Juliana comes to my office and quietly works on homework while Ada has her lesson, and then when it gets close to six, we cross the street together for prayer meeting. And almost always, I need that final hour from five o'clock to six o'clock to be fully prepared. Well, this past Wednesday, Whit wanted to come along too, which was wonderful. But unlike Juliana, who can sit quietly and do her own work while I finish mine, wit requires supervision. And I mean close <laughs> supervision. <laughs> and that's all well and good, but I was not finished with everything I needed to have finished before prayer meeting was to begin. Thus I found myself in a spot. Well, entered James. Bennett just so happened that as we were dropping Ada off for her lesson in the choir room James walked out of his office and found our crew standing there in the hallway which was quite timely because in that very moment Ada realized that she'd left her piano book in the car which meant that I needed to run back to get it not a simple proposition for a father with a 2-year-old at his feet. Well, James graciously invited Wit and Juliana to his office, and I promptly ran off for Ada's bag. By the time I returned, I found James and Wit playing together while Juliana watched on, and Wit was laughing so hard And having such a good time. And so too was Juliana laughing at what they were doing together. It was great. But here's the thing. I still had stuff to finish. So James, knowing this, told me that he had wit covered. It's okay, he said. We're having a good time. Go on. So with those words, I took Juliana down the hall to Lucy's office, otherwise known as my daughter's idea of heaven. And I did a few things in my office. And then Juliana and I went back to James's office where we found Wit sitting in James's lap as James was reading to him from a children's book. From there, Juliana played a little longer and I went back and gathered the rest of my things and then finally reunited with Ada, we all walked across to the CAC for prayer meeting. Now here's why I tell you this story. When we got home Wednesday night, while Ada was working on her homework, Juliana was quietly at work in the dining room, drawing and coloring. And no one thought anything about it. And for at least half an hour, she was in there at it. And then all of a sudden she called to me saying, "'Daddy, do you think this color looks "'like Mr. Bennett's skin?' I walked into the dining room and she held up a crayon to me she said does this one look like mr bennett's skin or does this one look more like it i looked down at her drawing and then i said oh honey is this for mr bennett and she nodded so then with a slight lump in my throat i said i think that one right there is the perfect crayon for mr bennett honey And here now is why I got a slight lump in my throat. The picture is a rendering of James with hearts and stars surrounding him which is of course sweet but as you can see the vast majority of the page is a note to James which sounded out phonetically rather than spelled properly she's just learning to spell, she's just started kindergarten, reads, you are amazing, working so hard, you are so special to everybody, you take the right trail every day, by which she means you always make the decision to be kind and good to others. Sweet, right? Now, I'm not entirely sure what it was about that experience that so affected Juliana, but the time and attention and kindness that James showed to her and to her little brother on Wednesday night made an impact on her. A real impact. She's not prone to drawing pictures and writing notes like that, particularly not so quietly and without having mentioned anything about it beforehand. No, it was clear. James's kindness and tenderness and generosity of spirit had penetrated, had gotten inside of her, had made an impression. So much so that two hours later she was still thinking about it. Now the story is sweet enough, the example strong enough, but here's why I cite it as an example of true generosity this morning. I could have used lots of others. I cite it because I well know that James, like I, also had a million other things he needed to be doing during that hour. James had handbell rehearsal, and then choir rehearsal to lead just after that, Not to mention all the other responsibilities he needed to attend to before the end of his day. But instead, he gave of himself, of his time, of his energy, of his attention, of his affection. He gave of himself to my children. And he not only gave, but he gave more than he had to spare. Yes, every generous act of giving with every perfect gift comes from above. For how else do you explain a gift like that? Now I'm no longer ashamed to talk about giving as a pastor. Because I've now experienced too many times what a blessing it is when someone gives of him or herself more than he or she can spare. Just as I have experienced myself what a gift it is to give more than I can spare. It is hard, it is costly, but it is right and it makes a difference. And so, as today marks the beginning of Stewardship Month here at Boulevard, let us remember that every generous act of giving with every perfect gift comes from above. For let us remember the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, The first fruits of redeemed and resurrected humanity gave of his very life that we ourselves might more fully live. Being God in human form, it's as if he knew in a way that we ourselves can't yet fully know that it is through giving more than we can spare that we become more who we are created to be. For in the end, how else can we explain a gift like his? Amen. And as we prepare now to sing our hymn of response, I will be down front to receive any who might this day want to follow Jesus Christ as Lord or who might this day want to formally join our membership here at